0: Josh (laughs) Alvarez, and I'm Leo O'Donnell. But spooky! You're (laughs) listening to uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, you're listening to episode 140, Spooky Two of Cinepunk. So spooky! I just realized
1: I named the episode wrong in the recording. What would you call it? Were you like?
0: 141. Yeah, one for one, New Jersey hardcore. Yeah, oh, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. It's cool. Oh, wow. That's the good stuff, though, Liam. Don't worry about it, man. It's cool. Sometimes you just forget, you know? Who can forget one for one?
1: <laughs>
0: That's my question to you.
1: I think I can rename it after the fact. Hey, hey, y'all, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for downloading, whatever it is. However you're here, we appreciate
0: you. We're glad you're here. It's a party whenever you're here. You know, yeah. why don't you have uh, a seat? Make yourself comfortable. <coughs> Maybe pour yourself a pumpkin spice latte. Oh yeah, you know, or I would shoes, prefer perhaps. some warm apple cider. Some warm apple cider, can we, perhaps. Can
1: we? I, I've said too much about this online, but I just want to reiterate here. I like, you know what, Josh? I like pumpkin. I'm not one of these people who hates on pumpkin spice as like a thing. Like I'm glad people love it. Like good for you. Mm. I just you know apple cinnamon is right there. It's just like yeah, right fucking it's there adjacent. Yeah, no, and, I hear and you. like when when the Halloween times happen, we inject. Mm. It's not just people always talk about pumpkin spice lattes, and if it was just a latte at Starbucks, nobody would be. No, it's that we inject pumpkin spice into everything like if you went to a grocery store right now they'd be like try our pumpkin spice cake and our pumpkin spice cereal and our pumpkin spice ass wipes it's yeah, just everything pumpkin is spice, pumpkin spice
0: boogers and pumpkin spice drawls you know what i mean it's it, like i get it i get the branding you know what i mean it's a thing okay cool that said apple cinnamon's yes. right there If if
1: you're going to overwhelm me with something and and put it in things that doesn't belong, let's give apple
0: cinnamon a go. I'd like to try that out. Here's the other thing about pumpkin spice. Have you ever tasted pumpkin spice without extra sugar in it? Yeah. Like, you got to put the creme, right? You need creme in there, which, I don't know, real coffee drinkers like myself and Liam, we drink our coffee black. It's true. So it's bitter like life. But um, also, it's it, you need the cream. I want to
1: I want to point out you're a little more stoked on that than I am. I don't know that I am like that sold on bitter coffee. You just like bad coffee.
0: I, uh, you know what? See that there's a judgment in there on your yeah. part. Yeah, I'm and ju- I don't appreciate that. Am, That's you know. I am, but I'll accept it I because I accept you. you. I am,
1: judging, I am judging you more than I'm judging pumpkin spice latte drinkers. <laughs> Which is look, fair.
0: Because, look, they're, they're on a
1: whole it. other trip. If you like a pumpkin spice latte, right, that uh, doesn't mean you like coffee per se. I think there uh, are people who like a pumpkin spice latte who just like that flavor, and they're not that sold on coffee. You, in theory, like coffee, but you prefer your coffee to be bad.
0: If you like bad coffee, you'll never have a bad cup of coffee in your entire life. <laughs> See, same thing with beer. I would I would feel
1: worse about messing with you about the bad coffee you like if you didn't straight up know
0: <laughs> and <laughs> celebrate
1: and celebrate that you like bad coffee.
0: If I had Justin Harlan's taste in music, but for coffee, that you'd be like, "Oh, wait a minute, he hey, has no idea."
1: Oh, <laughs> come on, poor Justin. Justin. He likes
0: keys. It's on him, man. I yeah, don't know. That's fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just playing. It's it's trick or treat season, Liam. We're gonna do some some. Oh yeah, chicanery. we never even
1: we never even said in case someone's. I mean, I think most listeners are gonna get it, but for those of you who are listening to this later since I know a lot of people probably have gone back into our back catalog now that
0: we're famous and rich and we yeah, run. Yeah, I know, because you saw us on, like, the runway yeah. with, uh, you yeah. know, Rihanna and all yeah. that. And you're like, uh-huh. how do
1: these guys know Rihanna? And we're like, because of Grace, that's all. <laughs> yeah, because our friend so we- is her tailor, yeah. No,
0: um, uh,
1: because, uh, uh, because, you know, these things do last for a while, we should say, we're like – about ankle deep into October right now which means we're about ankle deep into Halloween. And I don't know about you Josh but like this is yet another year where I need that Halloween energy in my life. Like I can't. Yeah, no. Back. I need that to be a thing. I need that to be a thing. And honestly, I was ready to jump in September 1st. Like like in <laughs> I was going to be like two two month Halloween, you know, I've been doing that for a little while now. Let's just do it. The reality is I was so busy like I literally said to Susan We should start decorating in September, like before September, (laughs) we should start decorating. And she was like, sure, that's fine. And then we didn't start decorating till last weekend (laughs)
0: because we've just been so busy, you know. But dude, you got it done. You got it done under the wire. And you know what? I respect that because I'm here to encourage and to support Liam. That's what friends do. I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) I don't know that we got it done actually. I feel like we're still. You know, what what do you guys do?
0: Like we didn't I I carved pumpkins last night with Joe Ella, and it was really, really fun. Just That's because awesome. my parents bought um those weird shaped pumpkins. Oh yeah, totally. So like, you know, we had to carve one on its side and uh oh, yeah. you know and Ella was convinced that I had to make different eyes for hers than what I made for Job, which, you know, Uncle Joey's going to make sure that happens for for the niece. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not yeah. going to do two identical pumpkins. You crazy? That's insane. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was we were way into the season. We had a, a spooky Halloween playlist playing and, um, you know, there was candles and it was really fun. But I, I I feel you on this dog. Like this is this is our time to shine.
1: Yeah, and I get it. There there are lots of folks who, I think, push back against this because it has become sort of a trend, and I think there are people who are like, oh, it's Halloween all year long for me, and which kind of defeats the purpose, right? Like, maybe this isn't how people view holidays, right? But let me give you a view on Christmas. Like, let's say... Well, it's Christmas time, so I'm going to be nice to people and whatever, whatever, and I'm going to do whatever it is you associate with Christmas, Mm -hmm. be nice to your family, all that stuff. The point of the holiday is not to say... Well, the rest of the year, fuck everyone, but it's Christmas, (laughs) so now I'm going to be nice to people. It's not that Halloween ends and suddenly you stop watching horror, and I know that is true for some people, and I'm glad Mm. that for some people for whom spooky stuff, and it's not just horror, right? There's a lot of things that you could associate with Halloween. For them, that stuff is seasonal, but they're going to make a time for it. Like I appreciate that. But for those of you who are like, well, I don't make a big deal of Halloween because I'm spooky all year long. Yeah, but there's one time a year where you get to go full hog, whole ham, and not be embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. And freak flag
0: flying, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and
1: like, that's just to celebrate the stuff that you love. It's not to say like, oh, November 1st time to start watching melodramas yep. you know, I know. Like,
0: November 1st pack up for the Elvira VHS's you know yeah, what I mean that's, like, come on man that's not what this
1: is about and so like <laughs> if if people are doubting our, our horror bona fides you know I have a horror <laughs> podcast and like we have covered you know the, the issue I think for this show is because I do have a horror podcast I don't mm-hmm. know like how often we're like let's just cover some random slasher you know what I mean like I yeah, think yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we try to like expand our film stuff but like like, we've been really clear to people who've been listening to the show for a while. like that we we're would, horror
0: enthusiasts we died in the wool.
1: We wouldn't be into movies, generally speaking, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for horror. You know what Agreed. I mean? Yes, it, 100% the sa- agree. The same way for me, like, I love music, and I've loved a lot of different music in my life. But I didn't become a music nerd until I had to research punk and hardcore. And mm-hmm. then I just turned that energy to other genres of music. But the first music I cared enough about to be like what label is this on? Like, who, who are these guys friends with? Like what, you know what I mean? Like to like find out about it was that. And like, I, I'm a little less obsessive now because in order to deepen my knowledge at this point, I had to get really into like the, the, the grit, you know, like get really down in there. And I just don't have the time, Josh. I don't have the time to become a better who does,
0: Liam? hardcore That's my fan. Question. Yeah. Well, who there are the people, time?
1: there are people, I would say people, if you're getting paid to run a hardcore podcast, you know, okay. know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Clearly, all right. clearly you, got you need time. to be knowledgeable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, part of the reason is because I'm doing movie stuff. I'm trying to, I'm constantly trying to educate myself about movies.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: don't know that I'll ever get to like, you know, we have friends like Sam Deegan who knows everything. You know, I'm, I don't know that I'm ever going to get to that level. Shout out Twitch of the Death Nerve. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I, you know, I, I am always trying to learn more and about more than just horror.
0: But, you know, horror is my jam. That's my love. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm with you, dude. It's like, that's like kind of number one, right? Like, But I don't know. What is it about like the horror genre that you say would make it your number one jam? Like I think about that every so often, like when I'm watching a movie that is outside the genre. Right. But like we love other movies. Right. But we all still have that common thread. What is it that horror linked for you to like other movie things, like especially in the art house world? Like they're those weird cross sections. Like I would put a movie like The Wicker Man, like right directly in between. You know what I mean? Like right, right. Or even, um, you know, Holy Mountain, like the Johto stuff. Like it's it it. One informs the other, but I can't tell which one it is.
1: Yeah, like I would I would also say like Possession, you know, mm-hmm. is one of those movies. No, no, that's any, that's any of, of the Zalowski movies,
0: really? Like yeah, you know, yeah, 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 All yeah. of that guy's stuff. Like I mean, I it's mean, just,
1: I, I I think for me. Uh, uh, just for my experience, it was like uh, horror has layers, right? Mm-hmm. And just like anything else, you can peel back the initial layers to find out more, to get deeper, to find stuff and and there really is a spirit once you get past there's a there's a layer of horror fandom that just wants more Chucky or wants more mm-hmm. uh, Jason or whatever. Yeah, what's, and we're not here to
0: hate on that. Like, okay, if that's you oh, can. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna hate on. Go it. It. I am gonna really? hate on it a little bit.
1: Oh yeah, the the the. If your experience of horror is, look, I've got the six I like, and fuck everything else. I just uh-huh. think that's boring. I think that's a boring because that's probably true of everything. You probably just like McRibs and <laughs> you shop at Walmart, and you know what I mean. Like uh, the the genre is so deep that like you don't have to like the stuff I like. I don't expect that at all, but hopefully your experience of the genre is not like, well, there's the 10 movies I really love. And then everything else is just kind of meh. Like, I just mm. think there's new things and there's a broader variety in the genre. And I think it's, it is a fandom that once you get past a certain layer, encourage you to find more. Cause there's always yeah. going to be something you didn't know about. Like it's, it's not the, like if you're someone who loves slashers, I don't actually judge that. I think slashers, are pretty cool, but there's more sla- – you know what I mean? Or if you mm. love slasher so much, eventually you're going to get into Giallo, right? You just – you kind of yeah. have to. You know what I mean? So I just think um, what I don't like is the, the horror fan who is continually punishing the genre for not providing them what they felt when they were a kid. They're mm. like, you know, I saw – Uh, whatever it is, let's say something really good. I saw Hellraiser when I was 10 and it really like fucking fucked me up. And now I just want that feeling forever. Well, that's not real, you know? And it's certainly not real if you're just watching whatever Blumhouse puts out every year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I love The Conjuring, but I hope The Conjuring is helping you find other haunted house movies and not just Mm. watching the conjuring over and over again. Um, Mm. and you know, that's, I just think there's, I I think at the very least, like maybe, maybe I don't want to say there's anything wrong with folks for whom they're, they're happy with what they're happy with. But I will say that doesn't feel like our team, our team feels (laughs) like the people who are like, I want to know more about this. Let me see what I can figure out, you know, with, with, with obvious limitations, like not everybody has internet access though. If they don't have internet access, I don't know how they're listening to this podcast, but (laughs) it's true. Not everybody does. So like for some folks Hmm. without the video store, their options are limited. Like if, if someone's just getting into horror and the best they can do is to scour Netflix, that's not on them. That's not their fault. They're not a bad fan. I don't, I don't want everyone to ever feel like, I think that, you know, because they don't have resources or access, they're there for because that happens, right? We know people who have massive Blu ray collections and then they judge people who don't. And it's mm-hmm. like, yo, that's a huge investment of money. Like, a lot yeah. of people can't afford to own movies. Like, they just can't. And maybe that sounds dramatic to people who are living a comfy life, but it's just true. Like, each of us know people for whom the finances are just not there that they're like fuck i'll go spend 600 700 800 dollars collecting movies that's just not a reality i mean it's technically not really a reality for me my collection is bigger than most reasonable peoples but real collectors are like oh this is all this is all you got this is your whole movie collection yeah that's it buddy i don't have that much money i don't know what you want from me
0: i get it man i get it what about you?
1: Tell me about you and and and, and how and hard has spice? impacted you. Oh, sorry. And 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 Halloween. Like, what is your sort of Halloween tradition?
0: Well, you know, in addition to Halloween coming at the end of October, October is uh also Filipino American Heritage Month. So uh Halloween is like the candy icing on the cake of like that's right, me and the Pinos, we're here. <laughs> you ain't getting rid of none of us, and then we get candy at the end. So for me, Halloween's dope. I love it so much. And like it's funny because it's like, you know, famously me and my wife we we don't want children. We're not children people. But I do have a niece and a nephew who are both under the year uh, under 10 years old. Right. And they are in it. They're loving some Halloween like I don't know. They're still not brave enough to watch horror movies because it's not like on their thing yet. Like they're not they're not like we were. Like at their age we were already like in it, you know what I mean? But um, or at least we're just getting to it. They are not, you know, which, OK, that's cool. Not mad. But um, like I said, just watching them get excited about costumes and like all these other things, like it's really, really fun. And uh, I love that. I love that. It just reminds me of what it was like to be like, oh, man, I'm going to be a ninja this year. You know what I mean? Like that kind of feeling. And um, I don't know, man. I just like we said like you said we love horror movies so much and this is just the time to not even be ashamed of it or not even think like twice about it being a part of our lives
1: well i think for a lot of people too they do a good job of decoupling the two like there's a lot of horror that isn't very halloween you know it doesn't feel very halloween-esque and i get that Mm -hmm. i will say like my enjoyment of halloween isn't just horror movies it's my favorite thing to do is just to push my limits, which is hard to do because I'm constantly watching horror movies for the podcast, but like, I'm even more inclined to not just watch them, but sometimes to in, inflict them upon Susan who does not <laughs> like horror movies. Uh, but it's, it's more than that, right? It's, it's the whole sort of like, this is the time of year. I mean, uh, I will say we're being very biased towards the Northern hemisphere, right? So like mm-hmm. if you live in the Southern hemisphere and you celebrate Halloween on a traditional uh, Western calendar, Mm. Halloween is spring. (laughs) I'm sorry. That just makes me laugh. That's probably not fair to laugh about, but it's funny that it's spring. Uh, For us in the Northern Hemisphere, um, Mm. Halloween is the end, right? Like it's a little bit different if you live in like LA, like that on a blatant temperature scale, you might not feel it in the same way, Mm -hmm. but for a lot of people in a certain sort of area, um, fall is like the last gasp of like, comfort before winter, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, like Halloween literally functions that way. Like I literally think like Halloween is like a reminder that death is coming, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Christmas is like that last little light. Instead of Christmas being this like making it like this like orgy of joy, I'm more (laughs) focused in on this last little light that like, you know, in in a sense- the 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 Christmas story in a very sort of religiousy sense, which is not how most people think of it, is like mm. is a last ditch effort, right? Like, like I I don't think people think of it that way, but it's like yo, things are so bad, like things have gotten so bad on Earth that who you know the the divine power is like. I'm just going to be born a person because that that's all I got. There's no other, nothing else has worked to get these folks to stop being so awful. So I'm going for this. That's really the story. And like a lot of the liturgy sort of suggests that like the, the advent is not like supposed to be stoked. Advent's supposed to be like a meditation Somber on how
0: meditation. Yeah, yeah.
1: On how bad the world is to necessitate Christmas. You know, <laughs> we're doing this because things are really bad, you know? So, um, You know, that's why Advent actually was a time for like ghost stories and spooky stuff as well as Halloween. Mm You know, yeah. a lot of old spooky stories are more around Christmas than they are around Halloween. So anyways, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We're getting off on lots of tangents here. We got We got to do the thing here. So let's <laughs> let's let's switch gears and say this uh, episode is brought to you, of course, by all of our Patreon supporters. We thank you so much. Um, we you know, we got to get on doing content for Patreon, man. We got to figure yeah. it out. We're, we're going to figure it out. I think uh I think what we'll do is maybe we'll do like a like a standing recording time and then we can just invite uh, like, like if I'm like, okay, I'm going to be available at this time. And then just whoever's available from the whole team can show up and we'll like do something, you know, because it's just like nobody, you know, we got this whole family of shows and no one's been able to make any Patreon content. So <laughs> we got, we got to get going on it. um Who else do we need to thank uh, for this episode?
0: We need to thank our wonderful sponsors at Essex coffee roasters. Our friend Aaron Dahlbeck has committed himself to Finding good quality coffee that doesn't suffer from elitist rhetoric, and I think he's done it. By golly! <laughs> so yeah, Essex Coffee Roasters for uh, for beautiful coffee that is uh, custom roasted, and uh, he's got a bunch of different flavors and a bunch of different teas as well. Also T-shirts and cool oh, merch. Yes. Oh yeah, and he he plays in a band called Be Well, which I will be seeing tonight. So I'll be seeing our sponsor Aaron Dalbeck tonight at the. Fucking B-U-L-H-2-O show that Cross Keys somehow got added on, and I'm pretty pumped to see my mans. So, um yeah, Essex Coffee Roasters. And if you go to order from Essex Coffee Roasters and you put our name as a, a discount code at the end, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you will get 10% off of your order. So uh you'd also be telling Aaron and the good people at Essex Coffee Roasters that you listen to us and that we're dope and that they have not made a mistake by sponsoring us. So, yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> let them know. Let them know. So, yeah. So Essex Coffee Roasters for your coffee needs. Uh,
1: also, uh, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. You guys know what it is. Uh, it's a screen printing shop. They'll screen print whatever you need. They're super professional. Uh, They're super personable. They're approachable. They want to work with you. Reject is great. Uh, On this podcast, we love Chris Reject. And, uh, you know, uh, we think that you should go to xlvacx.com with your idea for a T-shirt, a hoodie, a dad hat, whatever the fuck it is. Take it over there. They want to help you out. It's going to be awesome. Set yourself up a fucking big cartel. Sell that shit. You're going to make some money. Now's the time. This is your side hustle. Lvac is your fucking connect.
0: All right, all right. There you go. Also, Townsend Punk sent you. Mm -hmm. Boom. I don't.
1: I. I don't want to play the game. You know. Let's just say what it is. You know. I don't want to pretend. You know. This is our Uh segment what's cool spooky and what's not
0: and cool spooky.
1: <laughs> i like that we both were like we're just gonna say something <laughs> not right and we just knew that it was that was that was unplanned friends i don't know if you could tell we're such good improvisers you it probably is. couldn't we're, we're
0: yes anding all the way all the way to valhalla baby that's what it is so liam what have you done recently that has been whack and what have you done recently that is on track
1: uh, if people check out the latest episode of Horror Business, we covered Return of the Living Dead one and two. And uh what's great about that is um that's both whack and on track because <laughs> I had never watched part two. So part one is just a classic. I think it's great. Yeah. I think everyone should love it. It's it manages to be both funny and haunting, like like really fucking haunting, like just some mm. dark moments in that shit. And then uh and then part two sucks. It's just they it's the the way that Justin put it. He was defending it at first and then he said, mm-hmm. "Well, it's a little bit of a bummer because it feels like part 2 doesn't take part 1 seriously."
0: Mm. And
1: I realized he hit the nail on the head. He could be really insightful about Justin Moore.
0: Yeah, but also part 2 is the cinematic premiere of Mr. Doug Benson, so I can't hate it all the way. Is that true? What? Yeah, the, there's the scene when the truck is coming over the bridge, and yes. the one zombie goes, brains! And that would be Mr. Doug Benson's uh, screen debut. Yeah.
1: Sorry, it doesn't help it at
0: all. It's still a shitty movie. It's so bad. I love Doug Benson. I love Doug Benson. And you know what? I mean, okay, so the movie's bad, but... <laughs> I will never hate on it completely because Doug Benson debuts in that one. So.
1: All right. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I've also, uh, let's see, you know, I'll be honest, y'all. I haven't gotten to do a lot lately. I've been working a bunch and, and this is sort of the, the funny thing about whacking on track is whacking on track is often better when we've been irresponsible and haven't been recording regularly, but because we (laughs) actually are pretty odd point, I'm like, Oh, I haven't done that much since the last time we recorded. Um, I will say me and Sue's finished uh Midnight Mass. Nice. Which I
0: haven't seen it yet.
1: It's I think it's great. I think it's really fucking great. I think you'll love it. I yeah. I just yeah, I don't I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I think it's really great. I think there's a lot to think about. It's uh, on Netflix.
0: It's a Netflix show. It is. It's a Netflix show. It's very mm-hmm.
1: spooky. I think it's it's got a lot of ugh, religious horror going on. <laughs> Yeah, I burped. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's early in the morning. I'm still drinking Ugh. my coffee. I know. Uh, but think of that as like much like when you have a good meal. That's my respect to the show. Mm.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get um, it, man. But yeah. Is the Essex Coffee Roasters coffee that you're drinking? I am, actually. That's funny. Oh, man. Compliments to the roaster. But go on. Um, yeah, I, thought, I just thought it was
1: really good. Um, we have also been... Uh, like, really deep. We're almost finished the the new season of Dimension 20, and I just mm-hmm. – that show continues to blow me away. I get the feeling that this season might be, like, extraordinarily good. So I don't know. We haven't, like, returned to the old seasons yet. So I'm sort mm-hmm. of worried we're setting ourselves up for disappointment when we watch the older seasons, which is no disrespect to the show. It's just the vibe I get. They do, the, they do their – Their like main show and then they do a show afterwards where they talk about what happened, you know, and Mm. the vibe I get from them in the in the in the reflection show is, holy shit, this is crazy good. And that makes me think like, oh, no, does that mean the other seasons were not as good as this one? (laughs) Because like this is setting an expectation for me, you know what I mean?
0: Um, Setting a precedent that we don't know if they are going to support
1: or not. And then I talked about this a little bit on Hard Business, so sorry to repeat myself for people who listen to both shows, but uh, Mike Mike Mignola, uh has a bunch of new comic books out. Like, basically, you know, he's been doing stuff vaguely related to Hellboy for a while, um, but uh, at least when I was in the shop, there was uh, like three or four new titles that are like – I forget what the, the, the title is. It's like Tales from the uh, – from the expanse or tales from I don't know. He's, he's sort of come up with a name for his universe of characters. And there's a bunch of like new titles within the Mignola universe.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so, um, I, I've only read a couple, but they've been pretty good. Uh, I mean, they're Mike Mignola. So like they take a while to develop. So I probably won't know if I'm in until like four issues, five issues in, you Mm know, uh, but you know, I love a lot of his other offshoots, like Sir Edward Gray, or uh, Lobster Johnson, or mm. Abe Sapien. I love a lot of those Johns. So I yeah, feel like as too. long as as long as the vibe is that that good, I think I'll be into it. Uh, yeah, so Mike <laughs> Mignola, new comics. Uh, let me think. Anything else that I've watched? I love Mike Mignola. I just, he's fucking great, right? Like, just yeah, I was excited. I mean, nobody
0: does pacing like him. No. Nobody does storytelling like him. His reveals are always so good. And it's like, dude, his artwork is like, his. I mean, okay, his artwork is aces, right? Like, anybody who knows our show knows how much we love Hellboy, right? And like, dude, all of the, like, Plague of Frogs, like, all the Hellboy books are so, so good. But his storytelling, especially about those characters that are like fringy characters that are like loner kinds, you know what I mean? Like they're just so good. Ugh, sorry, go on.
1: Um, well, I don't think I have much else except for uh, that. The uh, what was oh, yeah, music. Uh, there's new spy. Out mm-hmm. and uh, the chisel has a new record out. So, between those two, I'm pretty stoked on music right now. I'm still vibing on the stuff we've talked about in the past, including uh, the uh mutt's nuts and all that stuff. So, hey, y'all, uh, give some new music a chance. You know, there's a lot of stuff coming out right now. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I really love those spy tracks like that. Spy might be like my new favorite hardcore band. Honestly, That
0: one step closer record recently has been. Oh so yes. Oh my God. The, I totally forgot about it, but you're right. I have been murdering well, myself to that record.
1: This is a little bit of, I'll, I'll put this out. There's a little bit of whack right now, which is that I haven't had a ton of free time to just put music on. So I feel like I'm missing stuff like that one step closer record was one of my most anticipated records. I gave it like three listens through and then I haven't gone back to it. You know what I mean? And that's not because the record's bad. I just haven't had time. And even Mm -hmm. like the stuff I'm talking about, like I listened to the chisel because I saw it came out. So I immediately wanted to hear it, but I also any good record for me, I need time to like come back
0: to, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I I haven't had the time to do that. I hear you. That is a bummer, man. Okay. What's up with you, okay. Josh? Um, I have had when I consider what's happened to me in the past month, it really kind of does blow my mind a little bit. You ever get that feeling where you look back and you're like, wait a minute, this all happened in the same month?
1: No, because nothing good ever happens to me. So
0: Well, okay. So here's where here's where <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm at. Number I'm just one. Kidding. I recorded the demo with the stress with my new band Hard Turf that I'm playing bass in. Did we cover that last time? Yeah. I don't even remember. Okay. So that happened the following week that next Tuesday, I went and saw Yola Tango with friend of the show, Dan gross. And it was like going from ignorant, hardcore to Yola Tango. It's kind of a weird stretch, but into it, you know what I mean? It was super fun. Yeah. And then after that, we went to, we did the whole dead guy weekend and, uh, I'm supposed to, I'm writing something up for it with my new computer that I got, but, um, The Dead Guy Weekend was amazing. Like the screening went off without a hitch, everybody was stoked. The filmmakers and the band were pumped. Um, Me and Sharky and Amanda, we we killed it. I think that Sharky and Amanda did an awesome step and repeat. People were psyched to get their pictures taken. Uh, Broken Goblet Brewing had a specific Dead Guy beer that they tapped for the event, and that was crazy. And then, um, you know, Fourth Media, New York City, and. Um, well, Decibel, like they were, they were happy with the product. We, they had to pull out extra chairs cause there wasn't enough chairs for the people that came a bunch of people from vintage vinyl where I used to work came and it was like uh it was like a weird reunion and everyone was happy. And I was so brimming with pride over how well the screening went. I was really, really happy and I was happy with the way, um, the Q&A went afterwards, and thank you to everybody who came out and, and showed love and support, and it was just, it was fucking awesome. And then the next day, we went and saw Dead Guy, and uh, let me tell you, it was, like, the Decibel Beer and Metal Fest was, like, a big festival, and, like, you know, it was fine. There was, like, a bunch of metal bands, but there was a block on the Saturday that was, like, it started with Blood Incantation, which I love. And then it was Midnight, which I also enjoy. I'm I'm not really as much in love with Midnight as I know, like, other bands I know better, you know what I mean? But I did like them a lot, and it was fun. And then after that was fucking Dead Guy. Now, Dead Guy plays, and there's, like, maybe 40, like... 45 year old and up hardcore kids just moshing and trying to kill themselves to dead guy surrounded by 10,000 Heshers with long hair and leather jackets that were thoroughly confused as to what the fuck was happening because it's like, yeah, they like dead guy are a metal adjacent. I'll give you that, but they're not a metal band. You know what I mean? And then like people who are coming to see municipal waste and napalm death, like dead guy plays and like a very small minority of the crowd. know like, wow, that's what that means. Like, this is like an event and everybody else is like, who are these weirdos that look just like dads and don't have hair? And it was, it was really, really fun. Um,
1: what I, Okay. But what I think is funny about that is I think they went out of their way to put dead guy on a day. Cause looking at the lineup that yeah, like, they didn't Nate, play on Nate, the
0: converge day.
1: Oh yeah. I, I guess that's true. I, I wasn't thinking about converge. I was just thinking like, I still think of napalm death as hardcore Jason.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair And like,
1: same with Municipal Waste I mean, I think a lot of the thrash that influences Municipal Waste Is Mm. hardcore adjacent, you know what I mean? And that's like, there there was a lot more intermixing at that time Like, you know, Mm. if your only knowledge about thrash is like You have rock cards that have like weird pictures of Exodus on them Then like, (laughs) you, you probably don't know that like a lot of those bands were playing with each other, you know, like, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. like really there was a separation between like, are you the sort of thrash band that's playing like Lemours, you know, like you're coming up. Mm-hmm. Cause if you are, then you've played with Marauder and you've played mm-hmm. with fucking, you know, uh, life kind of, of agony Thorns or, and or and yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, you know, I, I do think thematically it kind of works. However, it is Decibel, and Decibel's primary crowd is more traditional metal. And, you know, there's been a real separation. There was a time – I mean, you remember that time where, like, there's a whole crew of metal bands that are we accept as metal bands, but you knew if you went, some people would be
0: spanky. Kickboxing and yeah, stuff. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, it's true, man. It's definitely true. Like, bands like Darkest Hour, bands like – um uh, well, they uh, – Darkest Hour comes to mind. I, I think that was more right hardcore,
1: but I would say like A Life Once Lost kind of strode mm. that, you know, air, you know that, that line a little bit. Or mm. kill switch, Engage. Black or, Dahlia
0: Murder. I was going
1: to say, the perfect example probably is Black Dahlia Murder. That is just a metal band. They are a metal band. They are yeah. not a hardcore band. And yet, mm. I've seen plenty of kids spin kicking to Black Dahlia Murder. Like, that's like yeah. a thing,
0: you know? That's a thing. Also, I'd give it to a band like Three Inches of Blood. Still yeah. singing about orcs, but yeah. hardcore kids loved them. So, yeah. you know, that was or the or, thing.
1: or even like uh let's let's get real mainstream with it, like a lamb of god, right? Like yeah. when mm-hmm. Burn the Definitely. Priest was playing shows, they weren't like they weren't like traditional hardcore. They weren't like mesh no. short hardcore they were or weirdo hardcore. Or that. hardcore, yeah. But they were playing
0: hardcore shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They played the Stalag. That's where I saw him. Yeah. So,
1: I I mean, I still think that I know it's crazy to people because Lamb of God has become, for a lot of people, a real
0: joke, but Mm -hmm. that Burn the Priest material is very good. So good. So, so good. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. Decibel Beer and Metal Fest was fun. I didn't drink any of the beer, but, you know, it's cool. And then that following Tuesday, I saw the big Frida, Queen Diva, in the same venue. And, man, that was a show. That was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot of twerking. She had a person come up and brush her hair during the set. I love like, that. I love My man that. would, dude ran out on the stage with a brush and a sequin jacket that said BDE, big diva energy on the back. And he would just brush Frida's hair while she was rapping. <laughs> and the twerk team was twerking. It was a wild, wild show. So we did that. And then the next, like later that week, we saw Rufus Wainwright and Jose Gonzalez at the Keswick. And that was pretty good. Shout out to, um, to our home girl, Christy who was uh, bartending. And, um, it was Rufus Wainwright. I don't know what your thoughts are on him, but man, that guy is a wild vocal talent. It is unbelievable. So beautiful. And um he is it was a tour that he had planned pre-pandemic for um for a record that he just put out called Unfollow the Rules. But um given the pandemic, they had to pare it down to like just uh like um bare bones like no drums but it was like they had a bass player and a guitar player and pianist and rufus and it was just gorgeous it was so so good so yeah so that was all on track and then i saw new fan glory and lesson jake because uh bruce was like i'll go to the show by myself and i looked at yan and i was like i'll go if you go and then yan bought me a ticket we went and saw new fan glory and lesson jake in 2021 at the uh, new electric factory that's not the electric factory anymore and um it was fine. It was fine. And um, yeah. And then tonight I'm playing with H2O. I mean, that's also kind of
1: psychotic that you're playing with yeah, H2O. is. it is.
0: It's, it's wild. It's wild. But the other thing is I got a job at the tattoo... Removery. So I also ended up quitting my job at the casino this month. And uh, I was doing good. I got switched to day shift. I was like on my way to having like a normal life. And then um, friend of the show, Mike DC, was like, yo, come and like, they're interviewing for like a secretary position at this at this tattoo laser remover place that I, I work at. And I was like, I don't know, Mike, I got this sweet gig at this casino. And then I went on the interview just to be like, okay, I'm just, if it sucks, I'm just not going to, you know, stay. It'll be fine. It's just another interview I went on. But uh, they ended up offering more money. And so since i no longer have to care about taking care of the sick and the poor and psychotic i'm just a capitalist now whoever gives me more money is where i'm going and guess what they gave me more money than the casino so now i am an employee of the tattoo removery uh removery tattoo laser removal that's what also on track
1: i think that's great and i love that for once your life update is like positive you know what yeah, i mean like pretty it's been a long year yeah <laughs> it's yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah, i, this, I, I I should say, like, I've been a friend of the show. uh, Sean Hotman hooked me up with a friend of his, and I've been working uh, at this, like, merch place under the table. And that's been, like, really nice just to have the extra money. Like, that's been, Mm -hmm. like, a real blessing. So I don't want to play that down. But I will say it's, like, a lot more physical than what I've been doing at home, per se. Like, (laughs) even though I'm just doing merch, their stuff is a lot more, like, stuff where i have to like make boxes and carry heavy things and stuff so of course long-time listeners know i have arthritis carpal tunnel and trigger finger so my hands have been yeah it's it's been a nightmare and i've already gotten the shot for trigger finger twice and they won't do it more than twice so my next step is i'm gonna have to get surgery if i want to take care of this trigger finger so it's like Okay, cool. I got some extra cash. Also, I've ruined my hands in just a little over a month of working. So that's cool to know I'm Jesus. that fragile of a human being.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Well, luckily, I don't fight people, so I don't really need my hands for anything. Yeah,
0: no, that's good. I don't fight people anymore either, so, you know, that's cool. I mean, Although, I, I'm joking because well, I
1: the only thing I do that's actually interesting is writing, so I actually really need my hands. <laughs>
0: Well, that are a dictation type uh, application for your computer. Yo, here's the, here's the thing,
1: and and uh, you know we're we're well well cut this off eventually to start the actual episode. Where, by the way, we've never even said we're talking about two horror classics from the seventies. Uh, yeah. My original ambitious idea was for us to do an episode for 70s, 80s, and 90s before the end of the month. But me and Josh are so busy, we'll probably just get to do one more episode from the 80s, and that'll be it. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we're doing two 70s movies, Patrick, uh, Australian, uh, real creepy John, and mm-hmm. uh, Salem's Lot, a made-for-TV movie uh, that, you know, at the time was kind of praised, but I think it's kind of picked up in uh, cult movie status in the meantime. Uh, mm. That being said, um, Fuck, what was I about to
0: say before I talked about... I don't know your hands writing dictation.
1: Oh, but uh, the the thing about dictation, you know, I've I've thought about dictation because for those of you who've received an email from Josh, you know his emails I'll say dictated but not read, right? A reference <laughs> yeah. to
0: uh, what is that? The mean? Royal Tannenbaum. Yeah. Royal
1: bombs, right. So here's the deal, right? I do that sometimes because I have a voice app, and if I'm texting people or even sometimes emailing people, I'll just like speak it out and then send it. But what I've realized doing that is that. The voice I take on when I write with my hands and the voice I take on when I'm dictating, even when I'm trying to be formal, are two very fucking different voices. And I don't know how to dictate – in the voice I write with. I haven't figured it out. I've been trying to do it because I, I have been dictating occasionally and I don't know how to take on that voice, which doesn't make sense, right? I'm a fucking podcaster. The voice I'm using for this podcast <laughs> should goddamn resemble the voice I write my uh, my pieces with. But something happened to me in grad school where when I'm on the keyboard, there's a different Liam. And, and I, <laughs> I would even say like the the things I write change... Like, even when I'm, you know, the place where these things should combine, right, is sermons. Like, I I haven't preached a sermon in a long time, and I don't know what churches would want me to come preach anymore. But if I was asked to do that, then what I'm writing should resemble what I'm going to say, right? But really, that doesn't happen. I write a fucking sermon. I probably break it down to, like, points that are important that I, you know, highlight. And then what comes out of me on the pulpit is an entire different thing. It's not entirely different. It hits all the same points, especially and the, the, the good made. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, I cannot speak the way that I write, and I can't seem to write the way that I speak. And it's I don't know why.
0: It's such a funny disparity. It's I love fucking it. psychotic. Okay, let's take,
1: let's take a break so we can come back and do the meat of the episode here and talk about these two spooky, spooky movies. All right. After the break.
0: So Liam, what are the two movies we're talking about again today? We're talking
1: about 1978's
0: Patrick, uh, an Australian uh
1: psychic horror film, and we're talking about mm-hmm. 1979's made for TV movie directed by Toby Hooper, Salem's Lot, based off the Stephen King novel of the same name. Uh I think we'll start with Patrick, but before we do, I did want to ask because I don't I don't know why I didn't think to ask before. Are you a fan of
0: the book Salem's Lot? I've not read the book. I've never Buddy. seen the movie. I have I had no idea about any of it. I mean, okay, here, here's the thing, right? When you're like, yeah, Yo, we got to pick spooky movies for October. It's in a week. Yeah. I yeah. was like, yeah, of course we do. And I was just thinking off the dome because as everybody knows, I've been kind of going through a lot of shit lately, right? Like yeah. it's just been a lot of stimulus. So your boy was just like, I don't know. I never saw Salem's Lot. Little did I know that there's the hour and 52-minute version of this yeah. movie and yeah. the three-hour and three-minute version. So I was like, okay, well maybe I'll just watch the hour and 52 minute version of it. Like once we got to it, like you said, Patrick, I said this and I was like, okay, the episode concept was born. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll just watch the hour and 52 minute one because I'm busy as fuck. And like, you know, who's got time to watch a three hour movie? And then you were like, oh, I'm already two hours into the three hour one. I like, oh, so then I, I ended up just watching the three hour version of it. The, oh, the wow. mini series version of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I, yeah. I will say I do think it's different because I, I don't know that it's necessarily better. I'm sure there are people who prefer the theatrical cut to me. I've watched the theatrical cut more often than the miniseries, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and
0: the the theatrical cut, truly more gory. Like that's what I had read that it was like more gory or that certain things were done to have more blood.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, you know what? It's been so long since I've watched it. I don't know. I would say it, it easily could be because there's almost no blood in the miniseries version. Right. But yeah. my memory mm-hmm. of the theatrical cut is that it feels rushed, which is weird because it's still a very fucking long movie. Uh, but it feels yeah. a little rushed to me. Whereas this, I, to me, what Salem's Lot? We're okay. You know what? Fuck it. We're going out of order. We're doing Salem's Lot first, even though it's from <laughs> 1979. Um, I don't know about you, but to me, what Salem's Lot does, which I think is is a big uh, credit to Toby Hooper, because I don't think this is what people think of Toby Hooper for. But Salem's Lot deals in atmosphere and mood. Mm. That it is a spooky mood movie. And I think that that works better with a longer runtime than it does with Mm. a shorter runtime. But I will say... I believe this is the first time since I was a kid because I they replayed it once on TV. Like I obviously wasn't alive in 1978, but or 79 rather, or whenever. Uh,
0: but I was one year, two years old. But go on.
1: I was not yet. I was not yet born. I was born in 79 July. Uh, so uh, I obviously didn't watch it when it was first on TV. But they have replayed it in the past. So I watched it on TV when they replayed it. Right. But um mm. I have I have only watched as an adult the theatrical version. And I, I guess there probably is like some blood and a little more gory stuff and whatever, but nothing that like impacted me. I've always thought of it as a more bloodless kind of movie, like, or at least a movie that doesn't really focus on the violence per se. But um mm. re-watching this miniseries version, it feels so moody to me. And while you could say well without the violence it's a bit defanged lol <laughs> it's no less you could ups- say that. it's no less upsetting like what i think is so interesting is that you could have a made for fucking tv horror movie that has almost no real violence in it and it's still kind of uncomfortable sometimes, partly being yeah. the simplicity of the vampire design. All the vampire design is, y'all, is some makeup and a colored contact. And yet the way that and Hooper teeth. films yeah. these fuckers is like upsetting. And, you know, the only really upsetting one is the one which is a change from the book. The The vampire in the book is not a fucking, you know, Nosferatu, Nosferatu style. looking yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. That was a change they made for the movie. But I think it fucking works, man. I mean, the, with yeah, this fucking no, rabbit thing.
0: me out when you first see his face. They're like, oh, Lord. It, it's oh, a bug man. out for sure. And apparently, yeah, the yeah, actor yeah, who
1: yeah. played that role was, is actually a burn victim. That's why he has the that interesting markings on his face as well, which kind of makes you think oh, wow. that this vampire has maybe seen the sun and only just gotten out of the sun a couple of times. Like, that's <laughs> what the vampire looks like, right? He's been around the block.
0: Yeah, yeah he's yeah, not yeah. pristine
1: looking. Yeah. Uh, well, it's cause the actor is a burn victim and that's why they chose him to play this role. Oof. Oh, wow. Upsetting choice. Upsetting choice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Kudos though. Kudos to yeah. make that difficult yeah. choice. Toby yeah. Hooper. Well done.
1: <laughs> okay. But I've seen yeah. this before no. and I'm a big fan of the book. So let's start with you. Are you. This is your first time viewing. What did you think? Break it down for us.
0: Um, so this movie starts and it's a star studded cast. Yes. It's the kind of cast that like, if you're watching it and you've been a fan of this era and these genre movies, like Baron Harkonnen's in there. Yeah. (laughs) Juliet Lewis's dad's in there. Yeah. Bonnie Bedelia. Oh my God. Mr. Mrs. Craig T. Nelson's in there. It's, it's, it's one of those, it's like, oh man, die hard. You know what I mean? Like every single person in this movie is someone somewhere else that like, if you're of a certain age. They're kind of like family because you've been seeing them your whole life. You know what I'm saying? Um, But the movie, like, it again, three hours is a long time. Now, listeners of the show know, your boy has a hard time riding out for super long movies. I just do. That's just sometimes a thing that's, like, difficult for me. I'm not ashamed of it. It's just what it is, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, That said, it is, you're right, man. The whole movie, despite being pretty much void of blood and gore, is a bummer. The movie yeah. is oh, like yeah. there's so many tension bits where you're just like, huh. And it's also like, I mean, it's there's no people that are darker than a paper bag in this movie. That's the other part of this. Like, there's no there's, right, it's right. it is as white as white can be, you know what I mean? Plus, our main dude, uh, what's his name? Um, the the writer guy mirrors, yeah. His hair reminds me of Adam of Eternia. Oh, it's so the 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 style in this movie,
1: and I I say I I say style to say both clothes and hair is fucked. It's it's fucked. It's like like so good, upsettingly (laughs) bad. Uh, That's David Soul, and his character's
0: name is uh, Ben Mears. Mears. Yeah 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 yeah. It's good, man. It's. I don't know. I was, th- that's the thing too, right? So me and Milani started watching it last night and I didn't get a chance to finish it until this morning. But um, man, it's, it, it for a three hour movie, it keeps attention going through most of that runtime. And uh, that's a testament to Tobe Hooper's directing skill, I think. And I mean, you know, again, I remember the era of made for TV movies. Like, did you remember like, watching made for TV movies oh, like yeah. that? Like, oh, yeah, totally. Oh, man. It's like an actual movie spread across like three weeks. Um, so it was, for me, it was just a fun watch. I enjoyed yeah, it very much. Yeah. And also I've never read the book. Like I've read a bunch of Stephen King books. So I never read Salem's lot. And, um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. And like, I think, it's also like, there's a lot of vampire battling with crucifixes, crucifixes. Yeah. Yeah. In this movie, which, you know what, man, I like it. Let's count it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, mean
1: I, I will say we remember we had a, uh, 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 argument early on in the history of this podcast where you tried to suggest to me that there were no good vampire movies and I scoffed at you and and had a whole list of great vampire movies and uh I, w- I would say I think this goes on the fucking list man I think this is one of the better yeah. ones I mean I'm not saying there aren't a ton of bad vampire movies but it's because the vampire what did I
0: say did I say that vampire movies suck because that oh, sounds
1: like the thing I would have said. Fuck. Uh, well, because I was making the point that there's only like three or four good werewolf movies. And you were like, but werewolves are so much cooler. It's not like there's any good vampire movies. And I fucking lost my mind. I believe we were doing the episode with friend of the show, Justin Lore. Oh. And I believe we both yeah, lost yeah, yeah. our minds. And you were like, what? No, it's vampire movies. I don't movies like are- Fright
0: Night. Yeah. Not a Fright Night fan. Okay, Still, first of all, day. you're
1: a fucking jerk-off, and we're going to yep. cover Fright Let Night. Let it all out again. We're going to cover Fright Let Night on again. the next episode. That's it. We're doing it next That's episode. Fair. I'm okay with it. I'm not afraid of you. Not the, re- not of the remake, movies. though, because I hate that fucking remake. But, um, <laughs> anyways, let's let's go back to the point at hand, which is that this movie shouldn't work, right? It's a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. It's an adaptation of a Stephen King book, so like, as many as there are good ones, there's twice as many bad adaptations of Stephen King material. Oh, yeah, agreed. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's painfully seventies. It is painfully white, and they make some intense changes. Like, so for example, in the movie, right, we've got the main vampire, the master guy, right, and then we've got his little helper dude, who's like a British fop dude. And I forget the names of the characters, and I'm sorry for that.
0: Yes, yeah, Starks or something yeah. like
1: that. In the, in yeah, in the in the in the book, you could almost switch those people. The vampire in the really? book is the uptight British guy. And his helper, while not a Nosferatu, is a large bald man who is scary and intimidating. So like the mm. the, the 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 helper dude is like he's just kind he's not silent, but he's almost silent. He's like He's sassy. He hits on all the ladies, but he's a strikingly strong big man. And the one who's like sassy Mick, you know, whatever with the comebacks and the little sass, that's the fucking vampire, man. It's the vampire. (laughs) Literally the British guy is playing the vampire. That's how the vampire is in the book. It's fucked. It's like for people who love the book, it was probably a fucked up thing that really messed with their heads for me. I haven't read the book in a long time and I've watched this movie a couple times. I'm down. It's fine. I'm used to it. I like it now. But like, you know, it was a little weird the first time I watched this and having read the book, like, fuck, really? Like, this is like not how it is. And there's other things. Some of the characters are like not the same or mixed together and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So I get that like anyone who's super loyal to the book that being said, it's not one of his best books, and the movie gets the best mm. part of the book right, which is a sense of creeping dread. This town mm. is fucking doomed. It is doomed. It has no history yeah. and, it, and I mean, no future, and the characters who survive will be doomed as well. It is a mm. fucked up narrative, and this movie, without relying on gore and blood, keeps that sense of dread. And it's amazing. I, I I love that. And Now, granted, it's also corny. I'm not going to say it's like as scary as other horror movies we could have watched. There's a corniness to it. But if you can get past that goofy nature, I think there's something very haunt. I mean, the best part to me is when they finally have all come to terms with the fact that it's a fucking vampire. And they're trying to like marshal their resources. And you're sitting there going, It's too fucking late, man. You already lost. Like, there's no, there's no way. It's. I will say without spoilers, there are moments like that in Midnight Mass where the characters are just figuring out that something's wrong, and you're like, too late. Too fucking late, guys! Like, there's no way. Like, there's it's it's a that you know there. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, Midnight Mass feels very Stephen King influenced," even though it's not based off of any. It's an original story, but it feels very influenced by Stephen King. For me, the Mm -hmm. most King thing was a moment. There's a moment where your favorite characters are just starting to figure out something's wrong, and you're like. Oh, fuck. No, it's, oh God,
0: it's coming for <laughs> it's, you, you're done. That's,
1: that's like the Stephen King thing. These guys are running around being like, we're ahead of the game. We're going to get these fucking vamps. And you're like, "No, nah, man, like, you nah. know, like, nah,
0: dude, you done fucked up already. It's, yeah, you're you, uh, that's There's it. no you're fucking way.
1: Yeah, th- I love that. Oh, and honestly, man. and honestly, and I'm going to put this out there, this to me is the embodiment of a meme that has become, uh, a bit cliche but we're all talking about which is the why do I have to go to work it's the apocalypse like why why do I still have to live my life the world has ended and everyone's like ha ha ha, ha that's funny and I'm like but that's real, right? Nah, the real, man. yeah, the, the vampires
0: real, are coming, man.
1: the real representation of how things will happen when it, when it is about to end is not, we'll all be held up in a bunker ready to fight. It's that you're just going to go to work. You're just going to go to the store. You're just going to like go with your friends in the movie theaters and not realize it's already too late. Like that's just how it's going to yeah. be for 90% of people. And I think this movie gets at that, that like, oh man, something's really wrong here. Yeah, it's been wrong, dude. It's too late. Like, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. (laughs) Uh, I think that combined with, like like I said, it's it's very haunting. The vampires are very haunting. Uh, but I also want to yeah, lift up dude, the
0: kids in the window. Oh, god. oh my god, that shit if is you, creepy. If you're as not fuck.
1: if you're not humming Ink and Dagger to yourself at that moment, then you're missing yeah, out, there. As soon Honestly, as that, that sister first, first happened, I was like,
0: I I'm knocking at your window. <laughs> but the way they filmed it, they shot it backwards, and like they didn't suspend the kids from above. They had them on a crane, so they had this otherworldly floating effect. Oh happens. my god, the the it's one so though that really gets on- me. Settling.
1: One one that really gets me though is the one with the old man where the dude's sitting in the rocker and he's just rocking.
0: Oh man. That shit is nightmare fuel. And he looks at the camera and his his eyes. Oh, so good. So good. I loved it, man. (coughs) I loved it so much. And it's just funny. Like, let's talk about the weird Judeo Christian implication of crucifixes being the thing that's the bane for these, like. For vampires, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you pull out the cross. Like, my man, make. There's one scene where my man's in the morgue and he makes a tongue depressor crucifix to fight vampires with, and it works. He puts it on the head of the vampire lady, and she disappears. It's like, man, but, like, but what if but there's this like is the but this one is Jewish very, there?
1: but this is very Stephen King, right? Because the masters like yo fuck across i do what i want well, you know what i mean like yeah, so he the the cross these the low these low level vampires are all afraid and then the master you know and we have the the taunting of the british dude being like come on shaman priest do your best you know <laughs> just fucking
0: <laughs> just fucking fucking this dude so up like you don't have a chance he doesn't care and about your dumb little trick he says the line he hits him with the faith against faith It's so good.
1: So good. I will say one of the few things in the book that is is interesting that's different is like – so let me back this up a little bit. One of the things I think the movie does really well, right, is that our kid character is the most nerdy – wussy effeminate little boy like this kid looks like he gets beat up every day of his life like nothing about him (laughs) seems hard at all so the moment when the master kills his parents and he looks at him he says i'm going to kill you is like the biggest fucking heel turn. You know what I mean? I mean he's not a heel, he's still yeah. a face, but you know what I mean? Like, he finds this fucking grit inside of him. And that, because like when the movie begins with like a, it's the whole movie is a, in a sense a flashback. We see these characters yeah. as hard ass vampire in hunters. Mexico. Yeah, I swear to God, I thought they must have filmed this kid a few years later because it doesn't look like the same fucking kid. Like no. the the dude in it's the as church, as yeah. he looks he looks like yeah, I've been I've been through some shit. You know what I mean? Well, that moment, uh-huh. right when he looks at that, I'm going to kill you. I like literally like every time I see it, I go, that's right, motherfucking right. And that's such a Stephen King moment. Is like a character who seems uh nebula or not nebulous, but he seems uh uh, uh harmless. Finds the grit yeah. to become a fucking nightmare. That's what this kid is. Yeah. He's he's found that inner grit the whole to be like. Bill
0: Denbrough from, from it, right? Like 100%. 100%. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah.
1: what's different in the book is that the vampire talks. He's actually sassy and British. So when he says, I'm going to kill you, he says, Oh, will you, boy? Why don't you try it? Give it a try now. Don't run. I'm not afraid. And he like yells after him or yeah. whatever. And you're thinking, oh, man, he's just going to fuck you up even more now. Like, anyways. All I want to say about that is. Let's
0: also talk about the fact that the vampire kills his parents in like a Three Stooges head knock. Oh yeah, just like it's like a whoop 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 and this bashes them into each other and then they're dead.
1: I'm not even gonna suck. I'm not even gonna suck their blood. Just smush. Yeah. All right. Well, just I think
0: head butted them to death.
1: I think I don't remember. To each other. It's been a while since I read the book. I think that's like very much a. I think whatever happens in the book is much more gross, and they just couldn't put that in a made-for-TV movie. But uh, I'm not sure. As someone who knows the book better can tell me. I don't know if he just headbutts them or whatever. But, <laughs> anyways, look. If you're not into a slow, like a like a very character-driven slow three-hour, three-minute movie. Uh, that's With more haunting. That's more haunting than it is scary. This might not be your vibe, but I think there are lots of people who listen to this who maybe have never thought to give this a chance. And I gotta say, I think it's well worth it. It's 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 very entertaining for what it is. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I just 100% like agree.
0: I just think it's very well done. Yeah, agreed. And it's like again, there's so many character actors in it that you can't help but like smile the whole way through. Yeah, just because like man, it's just so fun. There is a dog murder in here, which I didn't appreciate. But other yeah, than that's that, true. you know what I mean? Like, it's it, it, it's a good, and it's a fun Halloween movie. It's like, it's not going to speak to any, like, deeper social, like, issues to you if that's not what you're looking for. If you just want to see, like, a vampire movie where vampires are just biting the shit out of people, this isn't your movie. But if you're looking for something that has, like, that feeling of Halloween, this spooky fog in the window, and children with glowing eyes, white boys with glowing eyes, yeah, this is that shit. And I 100% like... Endorse it. Big fun. Big fun. Good time. Now, let's pivot to our other movie, your choice, (laughs) Liam, the movie Patrick. Also upsetting. This movie is disturbing. yeah, Yeah. I mean, as a person who's worked in psych for 20 years, this movie is a bummer. You know what I'm saying? And I get it. It's like, it's brutal. Uh, tell me about your history with this movie. This is also a first time watch for me. So I had no idea. I didn't know what to expect. It was on Arrow, which uh, is a service that I do endorse highly. I do like a lot. Also so. also on Shudder.
1: Also on Shudder for people who have Shudder.
0: Oh, nice. Didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. go on. Uh, here's the deal. First time watch for me too. That's why I chose it. Woo. Good choice, man. Good choice. So what's yeah. this movie about? What happens in this movie? So- This movie begins with,
1: we see a young man. He's alone and isolated. His mother has brought home a gentleman caller.
0: I was going to say the same words. A gentleman caller. It's unclear if this is her regular. (laughs) Is this like. It's unclear.
1: Yeah, it's not clear what their relationship is. But they are making love. Clearly. Patrick's not stoked on this, and then while they're in the bathtub
0: together, he for like a post-coitus bath. Yeah, and you know that the dude's not his dad because he goes, "Patrick, your mother." Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he would say that if he was the dad. But go on.
1: Patrick has one of those like open heater, the sort of thing that's probably not legal anymore. One of these open <laughs> electric heaters, and he throws it into the bath with them, which not only burns them but eventually electrocutes them.
0: Yep. And then he gets it. Uh, then we flash back t- or flash forward uh-huh. to a young lady applying for a job at a mental institution where apparently Patrick has been in a coma for two years. Now his coma is not like anyone else's coma that I've ever seen in a coma, because his eyes are open. And that's the that right there is the premise for all my discomfort with this movie. Like this uh-huh. motherfucker just laying there with his eyes clockwork oranged open. You know what I mean? Like they're held open. And um a lady's applying to be his caregiver, like as a nurse, and she gets the gig. And now she has to take care of Patrick in room fifteen.
1: And, then and, stuff and, starts and basically, happening. everyone assumes Patrick is a vegetable. I mean, that's they're they're using euphemisms at different times, but everyone assumes he's a vegetable. And pretty quickly to the audience, and it takes the. This is one of those. The audience knows what's up. The characters have to catch up. Deals. It's clear Patrick mm-hmm. has fucking psychic powers, and he's fucking shit up all over the place. And yeah, primarily, he's like getting
0: down like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, go on. And primarily, he's, it's he's because primarily concerned.
1: Yeah. Yeah, with his caregiver, he's he's he is infatuated with her, and he is jealous of all of her various man
0: interests. Yeah, and she's like, you know, separated from her husband, and she's like dating a doctor. She's got all this stuff going on, and Patrick is not having it. And she's talking about it with her co nurse. there are a couple things in this movie that I like really bug me out and they're not necessarily the psychic power killing dude thing. It's like they're changing the sheets on the bed. And then after they pull out the pull sheet underneath Patrick, which presumably is there because you know, he can't move his body or anything. She just grabs it barehanded and just puts it in the hamper. And I'm like, no gloves. They don't have gloves in England. Like, come on, man. Like, that's, That's so funny that you said bummer. that because I
1: thought the same thing. I'm like, no one is ever wearing gloves at this fucking hospital. And I don't like that at
0: all. There's also a scene where um, the doctor is, like, looking for, like, physical response and, like, tapping along his skin with, like, a needle. You know what I mean? He's not puncturing him or anything, but he's just, like, you know, tapping him with the needle to try and see if there's, like, a nervous response or whatever. And there's a scene where he gets frustrated and he puts the needle in the mattress. And that is an old school psych technique that they used to do back in the day, like, when I started working in psych, where, you know, the needle in the mattress was just a thing. Like, you put it in there to hold it until you hold the person down to give them the needle. And when I saw that happen, it made me have a reaction that I did not appreciate. Like, whoa, like a fucking... Because, dude, it's it never leads to anything good. Never leads to anything good. But, okay. Psych stuff notwithstanding, this movie is also disturbing. It is a wild look into the 70s Australia mm-hmm. of, like, this time. The I felt like the fashion offenses weren't as bad as the ones in Salem's Lot. No. Which... Maybe that's just my taste. Maybe you know, European fashion in the seventies is less offensive to me than American fashion. You did say European and Um, it's
1: in Australia,
0: by the way. Oh, Australian. Sorry. My bad.
1: But um I just love that because because there's no, I know that's what I'm saying. That's I I actually was saying it. I wasn't trying to bum you out. I was saying it's funny because it's hard not to think of Australians (laughs) as Europeans, because technically they are, but also Australia is not Europe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. No point taken. Mea culpa. I'm just saying this movie is. I like this as much as I liked Salem's Lot, which is also a lot.
1: I think. I think I liked it more because it is also a, It's more upsetting. It. it it's able mm. because it's not on TV to take some more dramatic moves. It's not gory, mm. but it definitely does some weird shit,
0: disturbing. Things. I will say yeah. the only it, part
1: of it that really bummed me out in a real way where I was like, I wish this wasn't in the movie. She's separated from her husband, right? But he still cares Mm -hmm. about her. And the first time we see him, he is pretending to rape her, and she has to like beat him off. And the only reason we find out that it's not real is because she then says like, "This is very embarrassing" or something like that. Like she she sort of breaks the moment, right? And he's acts like, "Oh, well, I thought you'd be into this," you know? Yeah, he says so much for female
0: rape fantasy is it's so gross Ugh. it's so
1: and and then she's still nice to him like it'd be different if that yeah. was our introduction and then she was like this is why we're getting divorced and Then we never saw that character again but like instead what we see is that she still cares about him she just wants to have her own life and she's not convinced that he can't be a part of that she's just not sure that he can be a part of it hence the mm-hmm. desire for a divorce and i'm like also, he pretended to he was gonna rape you. Like that seems to me to be grounds <laughs> enough for divorce right there. Yeah, it's like,
0: I don't know. I think that's a, a relationship issue that probably shouldn't be resolved. Just saying.
1: I mean, don't be wrong, if you if you using safe words are into that sort of thing, that's fine. It is worth keeping in mind. This is not a BDSM experience. He is hiding in her apartment where she, he is not supposed to be. And then jumps on her. Like it's very much a not discerned, you know, this is not about play acting or, you know, safe play between lovers. This is a fucked up situation.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And it's, it's disturbing, but that said, I mean, like there's, there's like, that's disturbing on a different level than the rest. Right. Of the movies, agreed. Though, agreed. Agree? Like there's an actual pithing of a frog in here, which is really kind of weird to see in a movie strange like strange. that so that procedure he's like okay you put the the all in the middle of the base of the brain and then down the spinal cord like that's a real thing right like i've done that for when i used to teach high school like that was the thing that was part of the lecture you know what i mean like you have to do that for your lab seeing it in a movie still kind of bugs me out though just like oh yeah they're just just doing that to the frog eh? okay <laughs> like, it, not that it, I'm an animal rights dude. It's just like a weird thing to have in a movie because we don't do no, that. In I, I, no, anymore. I am. I, I, I. I'm not a full animal rights
1: guy. I am very much like in a modern movie. I'm like, you get a fake frog for that shit. You don't need to hurt yeah. an actual animal, no matter how small they are, for your stupid movie. That's that's how I feel about that. Period. I don't even really like that we have still have kids like uh, dissect frogs. Like, I don't know that you're learning anything in that scenario that's actually necessary. It's just something that we insist is, like, important, and I don't think it is. So I'm against all that, and I'm certainly against it in this movie, but it's not upsetting enough that it ruined the movie for me. The movie's still really good, even if it's weird, right? Like, A, it's such a 70s into the 80s thing where, like, every scary killer person is because of sexual trauma, like – Patrick mm. is basically an incel, right? He was mad that his mom was having sex. Now he's mad that his nurse is having sex. And he's just going to punish yeah. everyone because other people are having sex. Meanwhile, like, bro, like, why? Like, what is going on with you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the film is not interested in actually helping us understand Patrick. It's more just Patrick is scary and angry. But I also wonder yeah, to what just extent. is presenting
0: Patrick as the villain. But
1: I also wonder to what extent. Patrick is just a stand-in for a certain kind of toxic masculinity in Australia. You know, like there's a whole genre of Australian films that are about these like bumbling sexist men who just drink and do stupid shit. That's like a whole genre of film. Like like there's a bunch of uh, even like sex comedies where all the men are these awful misogynist, you know, monsters and there's a, there's just this like tradition in Australia of a certain kind of manhood. So I wonder to what extent Patrick functions as like a bit of a criticism of that, like Patrick is the worst case scenario of this fucking kind of uh shitty patriarchal thing. Now, granted he's a bit of a, uh, of a, maybe not an incel. He's, he's almost like a vol cell, right? He's a voluntary celibate mm. dude. He's chosen psychic coma over relationships with humans.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But it, you know, uh, we learn man. later that this whole thing of like, uh, the relatives of his caregivers dying, you know, their lovers and their husbands is not mm, new that yeah. he's actually, this has happened before. It's just no one until now has been like, Oh, Patrick is doing it. Cause he's got superpowers. Like nobody figures it out until this nurse, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. 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 It's upsetting though. Like the way, like the nursing is presented in this movie, like the matron and all that stuff. And like, it's just like, wow, man, psych in the seventies in Australia. I don't know if I want to know anything about it. It's none of my business. And I've seen ECT done on people before. And that's exactly what it looks like. It's fucked up. Like it it sucks. And uh, what they don't show is that they piss themselves. And um, yeah, that's, that was upsetting to watch in a movie.
1: I think it's, I think it's also interesting because, you know, both the doctor and the matron end up wanting to destroy Patrick. And so, in Mm. some ways, we're watching the nurse defend Patrick, right? Which is weird because he's also the villain, right? So Mm. it's like, what's at stake here? It's like, uh, you know, Patrick ends up just almost choosing death, but he tries to take the nurse with him. So you know what I mean? Like, it's it's such a weird combination of things. Like on one hand, when the nurse when um, Patrick takes out the matron. I'm a little on Patrick's side. Is that weird? You know, like she just seems no, so awful. Not at all. Yeah. And, and and she, and she doesn't want to kill Patrick cuz she knows he's got secret psychic powers. She just thinks it sucks that he's alive. That he should just yeah. be dead. Which like that the nurse's whole point is like he's more alive than we realize. He's not just a vegetable and no one will mm-hmm. listen to her. Like they, you know, and partly that's Patrick's decision, right? Like he is Mm. choosing to remain hidden so that he can continue to fuck with people with his psychic powers, which is a certain kind of sadism as well, right? That he's like, oh, I'll stay in this bed as long as I can keep fucking with people under the, you know, under the radar. It's kind of (laughs) fucked, right? But also like, yeah, what's at stake? I mean, I honestly think this is true. What's at stake seems to be the humanity Of the nurse, right? We want Mm -hmm. her to navigate this situation where she never turns cruel to Patrick, but she also never Mm. falls prey to Patrick. So in the end, that's all that's really at stake. Like if Patrick ends up killing one of these dudes, we don't care. I have no emotions about this fucking ex-husband and his burned hands. Or the
0: matron. No,
1: none of it. I felt bad for him stuck
0: in the elevator. A little, like, bit, that, a little bit, a little bit, but he also sucked. That dude does suck, though. Yeah, the dude's terrible. I mean, sure, but he had to poo in the elevator, and they showed that. That's a bummer. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's There's like doo on the floor. It's like, oh, man, that sucks. I, but, I um, mean, I
1: do love that detail that they're like, he's in the elevator. He's been in the elevator. You all know what that means.
0: <laughs> doo-doo in the elevator. Yeah. That's what's happening. <laughs> It's brutal, man. Brutal. Yeah. But, I mean um, it's you know Yeah, you're right. It's it's all the women, the 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 caregiver, the, the young lady. That's the yeah, stakes of yeah. the movie. You're and she's like the pulse of the movie, right? Like it's all that's happening to her. He wrecks her apartment with his psychic power, and like he's throwing plants and all this other stuff. And it's all to either win win her heart, right? Or to prove that she can be corrupted and to hating right, Patrick. Right. And she still remains this clandestine character all the way to the end, which is the true victory of the movie. Yeah. But, um, man, they could she. there's the one scene where she's shaving him, you know, and she's got the shaving cream on his face and all that and, like, doing the care. It's like, yo, sis, how about that unibrow? Hit that unibrow right in the middle. Just hit it little bit. <laughs> Just take that little unibrow, make it two brows. That's all, like a person. You know what I'm saying? Because his eyes are open in a weird way the whole movie. You're like, man. The unibrow is wild, dog. Wizard. You, know, you know, that's a cultural thing. Don't
1: hate on the... Some people love unibrows.
0: <laughs> that shit is... He has one continuous unib- eyebrow from one, <laughs> one end to the end to the other. It's... Woo, man. I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. That's the thing. I want to say I am not prejudiced. bar.
1: I am not prejudiced against <laughs> unibrows. If you rock a unibrow, good for you. In some cultures, it's like not cool to take out your unibrow, man. It's a sign of power. That's how you know you're doing a good thing. To be fair, my friend Joel actually talked about how, in a in a little bit of a fucked up way, he had some relatives for whom his lack of unibrow sort of uh put his sexuality into question. Like they're like, "Oh, you you shave your unibrow, huh? Okay." I mean, that's cool. You know, it's it's 2021. Like, if you're into that, like, that's fine. And it's like, uh, wait, no, it, that doesn't mean that I'm attracted to men. Like, I, it's okay. I'm not against being attracted to men. But I, I shave my unibrow because unibrows are gross. And they're like, sure, buddy. You know, you don't have to be in the closet with us. Like, it's totally, you know what I mean? Because it's, uh, I, I mean, do some research, buddy. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of places where the unibrow is considered, Masculine and if Side you, of power. Yeah, yeah like really. I, you know what I mean? I mean, don't be <laughs> me wrong. Like I shave my unibrow. I would have a, I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a Patrick level unibrow. His is quite powerful, but I would have one if I didn't take care of it. You know what I mean? So I, I, hey I'm man, not, I'm not you in the, take
0: care of yourself. That's all I'm saying. She already had the razor and the shame cream. She could have just done our boy a little favor. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I don't Make know. Maybe she good.
1: thinks it's sexy. Some people think it's sexy, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. All I'm saying is look too far all I'm saying is look don't don't take your uh I can't see the problem is this conversation would be a lot more fun for me if you were white then I could make all kinds of dunks <laughs> on you right now, but you're not uh,
0: so I can't gotcha
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. The eyebrow situation is definitely a brown versus brown disagreement. You know, like eyebrow mm-hmm. threading comes from brown people. You know, but also growing your unibrow comes from brown people. So it's like, th- <laughs> you know, th- this is an intercommunity discussion. I don't really want to have it wow. out, he- out here. a
0: discussion when we're talking about Patrick in Sinaween, You know, what well,
1: I'm I, all I'm saying is I don't want to have this disagreement about eyebrows out here in front of the white people. So if we could take it back to our <laughs> to our brown club meeting, I would appreciate that.
0: <laughs> also, especially because i don't even have it go ahead go ahead yeah because you maintain it but i mean also patrick right he's like doing all this stuff to fuck with all these people it's like yo dog why don't you just make the doctor hit himself with the axe if you can stop him from hitting the door with the right. axe? right no what you know i, what I mean i will i will say that
1: you if you're someone for whom you want the psychicness of it all to make sense this movie is not for you because it's it's pretty clear their idea he of can him, control
0: a lot of stuff, yeah, and it's I think
1: like, but, but their but their idea, I mean? but I think their idea of his powers is that it's not very accurate. He can move some stuff around and stuff, but it's it's very based in his emotions. So the idea is like mm. it's not precise. It's just like a force that he's like doing in the world. in fact the the movie makes it seem like um. The things he does later where he actually makes a typewriter type without her, that he wasn't able to do that originally, that he like learns how to do that as a way to communicate with her, that his powers are getting more powerful. And in fact, the idea in the movie is that that's why he just dies, right? He's he's let go of he's poured so much of himself into these powers in an effort to either destroy her or woo her, neither of which is going to happen, that, like, that's why he just dies at the end, because he's like, well, that's it for me. I've spent all of my energy, and now I'm just going to
0: pass away. Yeah, but also, he opens his eyes at the end, too, so does he die? I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I will say, this is the... uh, I think um, one of the things that's become sort of canon for a lot of people when it comes to horror is that all horror needs some sort of stupid stinger at the end. And this is like a classic example of that. We don't need Patrick to open his eyes at the end. He can just be dead. That's fine. Like I don't think anyone's like, oh, man – Patrick was really good, but then at the end, it just ended instead of, like, pretending not to end. Oh,
0: then his what eyes were open yeah, exactly. under his unibrow. Like, ooh, <laughs> I like the addition of
1: under his unibrow. That's very good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I like this movie. I thought it was yeah. really fun to watch. Yeah. I enjoyed
0: it very much. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't scared per se, but also it's like, yeah, it's a good-ass time. It's like what you want in a Halloween movie, right? You want to have fun. You want to be spooked. You want to be creeped and, like, have fun. Yeah, and it did I agree. all the things. It did I all agree. the things for me. I enjoyed it very much.
1: Yeah, I got a, I got a high recommend it if you haven't checked it out, uh, especially if you like this era, you know, this sort of 70s era things. You know, not all the horror movies coming out in this part of the 70s are these like gory goop fests, you know, or, or like super yeah. upsetting. This manages to be somewhat tame at times, but still have mm. some real upsetting moments, and I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I will also say if you're someone for whom – uh, this era of filmmaking is new and so you expect them to have like pc sensibilities this is going to bum you out like no, I, I don't think this is thing, I, I don't think this is like a trigger warning movie you know per se but i do think mm-hmm. like if you're looking for a movie not to be offensively ignorant there are a couple times in this movie where you're going to be like wait what the fuck i mean even the way they, they cold, talk about patrick if 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 you yeah. if, if you had a relative in a coma right now and anyone you knew talked about them the way that people in this movie talk about Patrick, you would get real fucking
0: pissed. Yeah, you'd be like, Oh man, this is upsetting. This is yeah. not making me yeah. happy. Yeah. But again, that's the point of this movie, right? It's a, right, exactly. Not, it's supposed to be upsetting. And to the seventies Australians, I'm pretty sure it was.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So
0: there you go. Yeah, good it's, choice, Liam.
1: Well I'm, chosen. I'm just glad you liked it. Honestly, I'm glad I liked it. It's a movie I've heard about for a long time, and the all mm. the poster material for it and all the ad material for it is just that dude's fucking face. And like, kudos to that dude. He just stares, and he's upsetting. Like, the like whole movie. All he does is like stare and just make a little <laughs> pfft sound, and that's it.
0: Yeah. And yet yeah, and he like he kills acting that the ECT part, like when he gets yeah, the, the yeah. shock treatment, he has to, or when he jumps out
1: of the bed and tries to kill them at that last second.
0: <laughs> With the eyes open. Ah! Yeah, the <laughs> 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 he goes through like the thing. Yeah. That's a bummer. But, um, overall high recommend. Definitely good for your spooky season needs. Yeah. So that was
1: episode one forty two. Okay. You know, that was our spooky episode. We're going to have another spooky episode. I hope before the end of the month, um, Absolutely. Maybe maybe we're gonna cover uh, Fright
0: Night. I don't know. Josh apparently is maybe a, I, is don't a know, hair is I don't know. Because that movie is not my favorite. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Who knows what Liam's gonna make me do? But um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Yes. Thank you for sticking with us for Cineween. This is yes. our time of the year to shine. Yes. we love you guys for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and make sure that you tell a friend. You know, tell your homies like, oh, Cinepunks, you should listen to our show. Yeah, because follow um, us on. really uh, appreciate that. Follow us on social media.
1: Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all Cinepunk, C I N E P U N X.
0: Yeah, man. And buy a shirt. Buy some stuff, um, you know, from the website and all that stuff. Cause uh, we got a lot of bunch of fun shit to do and for you. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So that's it. Episode 142 in the books. Talk to you in a little spooky time. boo boo my ghost
1: Okay, bye. Do you like spooky movies? Hair raising tales. Insightful criticism.
0: Judgmental hot takes. Then you're going to love Car Business, the horror podcast on the CinePunks Podcast Network dedicated to all things weird and spooky.
1: My name is Leo Dong, And I'm Justin Lore. And every episode, we're going to tear apart your favorite and not so
0: favorite horror movies to get to the bottom of what makes these movies great or maybe not great. <laughs>
1: Whether it's The Beyond, Prince of Darkness, or in Seminoid, we dive in on a double feature every episode, and then we talk about it. Some of our insights are great, and sometimes we just complain. So if we have to suffer through it, so do you. Horror Business, available anywhere you find fine podcast products. <laughs>